Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Legionnaire podcast. Um, Will and I accidentally clicked record, and we think we know what we're talking about. No, I'm just well, I accidentally hit record, I guess. It's the one guy hitting the button. The one man. His finger on the trigger. Um, but yeah, we were just talking um, right before we started rolling about the Oscars. Um, we didn't watch them. Um, I don't think anybody actually watches them anymore. I think a couple people do. There was something else going on Sunday night last week. I'm trying to think. What was it, though? Yeah, it was something big. It was like the end of a show. It was a really big show. Oh, yeah. I, I actually am being serious that I forgot that that was last Sunday. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, it was The Last of Us. Um, I don't even Are we talking about that on this episode? Or are we doing a separate one for that? Probably a separate one. All right. Sounds good. So Separate, shorter one. Yes. Be on the lookout. Um. All right, so we're gonna we'll just run through the winners here because we did we did make a list even though we didn't haven't seen half of these. Well, we talked about it, remember? Yeah, we did talk about it, but like we didn't. We haven't seen all the the, movies. No, we were looking at the movies. We're like we've seen maybe twenty percent of these. Yeah, I think now that they're throughout this entire list, now I think there's two left that I have to see. Um. I still have to watch All Quiet on the Western Front. I still have to watch The Fablemans. Yeah. Okay, there's three. Uh, actually, four. So I still need to watch All Quiet on the Western Front. I still need to watch The Fablemans. I still need to watch Babylon. And I still need to watch Banshees of Inishirin. Yeah. I watched half... The Whale last night. Yeah? What What is your non-spoiler thought of The Whale? I thought it was a really good movie. I liked it. I was, I mean, like, for what it was, I mean, considering that, like, I think, I I think a lot of people have said this, but, um, I think people say that A24 is, like, the last film studio, independent film studio that makes, I guess I would say, like, artisan films, if you will. Cinema. They make cinema. Yeah, like, it's more aimed at, like, what movies... Because obviously we weren't like alive during the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s, like when your Martin Scorsese films are coming out and your Stanley Kubrick films are coming out and those type of movies. Um, yeah. But like the only other person that like you see do these type of movies is like as a director. It's like your sole independent directors with like Martin Scorsese, um, Quentin Tarantino. I'm trying to think who else. That's like not doing like a big like Hollywood blockbuster type of film. I mean, you could argue Guillermo del Toro. Um, yeah. Well, um, I I don't know directors well enough, so there people who do know probably have more. Um, what am I thinking? Um. Oh, and Damien Chazelle. Damien Chazelle. Um. Yeah. Shout out Damien. I still have to see um first I want to I still need to watch Creed 3 actually which I'm hoping to I can get to a theater this week. Um so we have to talk about that too. We still have a lot And we have to watch John Wick 4 this week. Which oh Christ. Yeah, That's I'm going to see John I'm going to see John Wick 4 on Friday. Yeah, I Definitely. I got to get my tickets for that. Cuz I think um, that's this Friday cuz this is the last weekend of March. Yeah. Bro, look at my hairline. Except John Wick 4 is 
two hours and 50 minutes. Yeah, that's a long movie. That's a really, <sighs> really long movie. <sighs> but more importantly, Will, look at my hairline. What about it? Look at, how, look at how high up this thing is. What is this? I don't know. It looks normal to me. I don't know. Doesn't seem that high up. Man, we got some five heads. I think a lot of people have big heads, Cal. I got a big. I got a five head. Look at this. I think a lot of people have big foreheads. It's just we don't notice. Do you think it's weirder if somebody's got a big forehead or a small forehead? I mean, like you have like your abnormally short and big foreheads, but I'd say abnormally larger foreheads looks a little more silly than yeah. having an abnormally small forehead. No offense to people who have them. Like I got some, I got a pretty I got a pretty big dome right here, but it's like what just throws you off more. Anyways, completely unrelated. Um you want to run through the Oscars here? I do, yeah. Um so I I know most of the ones up to a certain point. And we can see, because we wanted to see who had the best record. So um, you and I both were right for Brendan Fraser and an actor in a leading role. I think everybody said he was going to get that. Um, good for him. It is good for him. And I watched the movie last night, so I was. it was a very good performance. Awesome. I, was, I was a fan of it. Um, actor in a supporting role. I think we all know who won that. Our boy. Our boy Blue. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm happy that Kiway Kwan won that. I think a lot of people are happy about that too though. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone who isn't happy for him. I don't even know who Discourage. else was like up for nomination for that really. I don't, I don't think know. anybody else like had a chance to beat him because I mean I, his performance was the performance of the year for me. Like he had my favorite performance of the entire year. Yeah, and I yeah. We've talked. I've talked at nauseum about how much I love his character Wayman. We both have. Yeah, it's my favorite character of last year too. Yeah. So, um, actress in the leading role. You and I are both still. We're holding strong at least for these first three. We have both said Michelle Yeoh, which again, well deserved for her. Yeah. She. Yeah, so, I mean, dude, I again, people who like <laughs> it bums me out when people are like I didn't like because like there are movies where you get bummed out. Like when people say they don't like the Batman, I actually just like don't. I question their like mental stability. I'm just kidding, but um, like when people say they don't like everything everywhere all at once, it bums me out because like there's so many great like Michelle Yeoh has a great performance. Kihui Kwan has a great performance. The girl who plays the daughter has a great performance. And I guess we could talk about the supporting actress as well. Because this one's a little... Yeah, so you and I uh, both said Angela Bassett should have won actress in a supporting role. And I don't know, from what I've read online, I think a lot of people who aren't yeah. in like a media industry um, said the same thing. I think a lot of people yes. thought that Angela Bassett should have won over Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, um, it's nothing against Jamie Lee Curtis's performance, but she wasn't really in the movie. Like she was, or like her, her like character 
where it was like actually it felt important to the story it didn't feel like she was in the movie that much yeah she was there for the taxes thing right that was the one scene she was in was the taxes and then like her character is like chasing them around but like yeah they have the nice scene outside the laundromat where like they're talking with one another her and uh michelle yo's character and then like they have like the whole silly like hot dog finger thing but i mean i i think angela bassett knocked it out of the park and i kind of get the feeling that like they didn't want to give it to like a marvel movie um yeah it also could be one of those things where because jamie lee curtis is a vet of the industry and like maybe she's retiring maybe not but it's kind of like those like it's like the leonardo dicaprio best um actor when he got his when he won his oscar for the was it the revenant that he won Mm -hmm. like he had dude had to crawl inside a dead horse to win and like after because after like like he should have won for wolf of wall street he probably should have won for insert leonardo dicaprio movie dude could have won every year yeah Um, where like this is like I mean I don't really I don't really know Jamie Lee Curtis's career to be honest with you. Um, I'm kind of looking at her filmography right now here on Google. Like she's been in the Halloween movies. She's been like she's been a, like she was in Knives Out. She's everywhere. This might just be one of those like here you goes honorary awards kind of it, that was given to her. Yeah, and like, it bums me out because like I re- like Angela Bassett really really deserved it. She did. And I don't know um, about the other actresses who were in, like, they all could have easily deserved it. I just think. Eh. I was a big fan of Angela Bassett's performance as T'Challa's mother. Yeah. Queen 100. Yes, 100%. Um, so we're uh, three for four right now, both of us. Um,. We still have the same ones for a couple throughout here, but animated feature film. I imagine Pinocchio one. Yes, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio one. I I gotta watch that, man. I hear it's really good. I do too. I am. I so you and I are picking the safe like bets for this. Um, yeah. I I wish Puss in Boots one. Yeah, true. Yeah, you know Puss in Boots. I mean, I have to see Guillermo del Toro's to say like to say definitively that Puss in Boots should have won over it. Um, but knowing who he is and knowing the types of movies he makes, Guillermo del Toro is a very like Oscar film maker. Like there are like certain directors, you know, like, oh, like this guy is going to make a movie that's going to be nominated. Like Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro. Like, you know, when these guys make movies, they're going to be nominated for Oscars. Yeah. So. Um, and then ooh, this is the last one that we have. That's the same for a while, at least. Uh, cinematography i imagine it's all quiet on the western front cinematography it is yep which i vehemently disagree what do you think should have won over it you know it should have won oh i mean it wasn't even nominated was it no i don't think no it was nominated it was supposed to be the batman and i am Roger Deakins went out of his way to say that. Uh, did you see what he said about the Batman not being nominated? Um, I, I did not. What did he say? He said something about like how uh, the Academy is like a sham for like not nominating it. I I want to see what he said exactly. Um, 
Yeah. Sorry, I'm scrolling. He, he kind of called. He said, uh, he said, um, the Batman had the best cinematography of uh, last year, and he said it should have been nominated. Um, and to quote and you- him, he said, Greg Frazier's work was extraordinary. Um, and he said the reason it, the reason it wasn't is pure and simple snobbery. There's unfair tendency to avoid the Marvel universe and other popular universes. He said, which again, I still agree with because I think Angela Bassett should have won best supporting actress. And I think there is a bias against Marvel's Marvel movies, which I understand where it's like, they're not, that's like kind of not what the Academy is like aiming for. Um, like the most, I think a Marvel movie would win. Black Panther was like the exception where it was nominated for best picture, um, which was even a stretch. Cause I don't think in 2018, 2017, I don't remember when it came out. Um, 2018. Cause that was my spring semester freshman year of college. Yeah. I don't think in 2018, I'm trying to remember what won 2018. I think it was. What won Best Picture in 2018? It wasn't uh, the Green Book, was it? No, it was. Um, I remember this because I was. I tell this story every time we talk about the Oscars. I was watching the Oscars with Riley in his dorm room. It was the. Sh- I think it was The Shape of Water because. No. Mm. Wait. I think yes. That was 2017. Oh, I can't because I no, that was La La Land. Let's just look it up. Man, I don't know. I'm looking at 2000 because I want to. Since we're talking about like this bias against superhero movies, I want to ask water. you this question: Do you think Heath Ledger would have won his Oscar if he had not passed away, tragically passed away? Didn't he win the Oscar for? He did, but he was he had already passed away. Do you think he oh, would have won? No, I, I, still, I think he. I still think he would have won. Yes. Okay, then my follow-up question on this because the Black Panther is nominated for Best Picture. I disagree that it was. I don't even. I don't know. I, I disagree with that. Um, the Dark Knight was not even nominated for Best Picture, and people in two thousand eight. So the movie that won um, Best Picture two thousand eight. Um, was no country for old men i love i've seen no country for old men it's a fantastic movie it's not better than the dark knight it just it, it isn't um and i think if you like people looking back on that and if you ask them to compare no country for old men and the dark knight people are going to say the dark knight because it's not just like a batman movie it is a crime movie yeah um i don't what's the question that you're asking me that's <laughs> so I like maybe this. I guess this part isn't really a question. It's like you can see this bias because, like, the Dark Knight, sh- like, it was the best movie of two thousand eight. Everybody knows that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. Where there definitely is like a bias against movies. I think the thing with that though is, um, you can tell when it feels like a directorial made movie, yeah. and when it feels like a studio made movie. Yeah. So. Like, you can make the argument for Black Panther that it was kind of a directorial movie and that it was Ryan Coogler's movie that he made in a larger universe. Um, But The Dark Knight feels like it's its own thing. Um, It has Batman slapped on the title with it. But then the Batman itself, again, I think think that falls under the same exact boat as um, 
the Dark Knight. The Batman is like the same thing. It's just a different take on the character. Yeah. Like you can have multiple iterations of a character with a different take on them and like a different motive and different like motifs and metaphors for them. So yeah, I, yeah. I don't agree. I mean, I feel like if who's widely regarded as uh, the goat. Yeah. For cinematography. I feel like if he's coming out here saying that the Batman should have been nominated and should have won. Well, what's cur- well, what's crazy is he was also he was a nominee. He like he he did Empire of Light, and that was also nominated for best cinematography this year. And for him to be saying not even his own work, like like these guys should have won even over me, and I'm nominated, and he, they're not even on here. I mean, I yeah, I think everything in the Batman is shot so beautifully. I think the best shot in the entire film, there's two, and they're all within the same scene, is when his uh the Batmobile knocks over the penguin's car and you have the shot of the car looking at it, flipping in the air. That's in, in, that's, that's one of the best shots of like all superhero movies and one of the best shots of all time, because the fact that you're able to get like that GoPro camera type of view, like from the car at that angle where the other one is up in the air, it's great. And then the next one is when the car is upside down and he's walking towards it. Like it seems so simple when you look back and you think about it, but we haven't seen too many things like that where it like starts upside down like that, especially with this. Cause then the score adds to the scene as well. Like you can have a great, beautifully shot scene, but like if it needs to have some type of complimentary music added to it to amplify it. Yeah. And that's how both like even each other out score and uh, cinematography. Yeah. It, it captured the bat like Greg Fraser captured the Batman iconography. Like my <laughs> wallpaper, my lock screen on my computer is Bat Bruce and Selena on like the top of the renewal building, like talking to it's like just their silhouettes and you see like the the orange hue of the sunset or sunrise behind it's probably the sunrise because it's the end of the or end of the you night. You see the, the city morning. skyline. Oh my god, it's gorgeous. I don't know. We could again, here we are. Podcast number one million. I was rant like raving about the how much we love the batman but well I, the last thing to say is like they actually made gotham city a character in the movie and like a large part of that is because of how they shot the movie and they show the scale of it so and well no, i think the other best shot in the movie is where he's holding the flare and it's looking down upon him yeah Although i it's the... it's a, it's a it, i haven't seen all quiet on the western front i'm sure it's shot beautifully but I am baffled that the Batman didn't even get a nomination. Like to not even get a nomination, I think is very, very uh, blasphemous. I don't know. I saw Elvis. I I feel like I'm in the minority. I didn't really like that movie. Um, Was that but... nominated for cinematography? Yes. No offense to like again, like no offense to the cinematographers and people who worked on it. It's like I just didn't like it. Yeah. I don't think well, we should be. I don't know. He's. You'll end up talking like him for the next three years. And then your accent will just miraculously go away once the Oscars are done. Did it go away? No, nah, I don't know. I doubt it. He'll probably do it for a couple more months and then it'll just like go away. Or he'll just commit to it for the rest of his life. Um, but so costume design. I definitely, looking back at this, I think I picked the wrong one. But so I said Babylon and you said Elvis. Yeah, I mean, okay. Which one won? It was Black Panther. Um, oh, I guess. What? I think that's kind of surprising, though, over Elvis. 
I, I, I agree because I was like sitting and I was looking and I was like, the, the costumes were great. I'm not like trying to take away from it, but it's like, they do this in Marvel. All of their costumes during fight scenes are like visual CG. effects. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they might not have done that this time, but like every like every time you see a behind the scenes Marvel thing, it looks like the boringest set in existence. There's like three rocks and a bunch of screens and people dots all over them. Yeah, it's all blue screen. I know that because uh, when they filmed Quantumania, they actually I think they're using the volume for like you could see the the fake set behind you. But uh, when they filmed Ant-Man and the Wasp, the first one, um, they, I know Michael Douglas and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer were like, what are we supposed to do? Yeah, I don't know. The Marvel machine cranks on, I guess. But, like, good for Black Panther. I mean, there were some very good, co- like, costumes in the movie. I guess, well, Namor, I like it, yeah. I mean, he wasn't really wearing any clothes, but... <laughs> Namor, Yeah. I that's the only like costume that really stands out for me. I don't know. I think the costumes in the first Black Panther movie were more uh, memorable and iconic than this one. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. I just remember, like, I remember um, Michael B. Jordan's costume, like with like the mask and everything, the Wakandan mask when he robs the museum. Yeah, I, I yeah, that's surprising true. to me. I'm surprised that it won that. Well, so yeah, I guess you and I both were wrong with that. Um, best directing. I don't know what you were picking. I don't know which one won, but I'm pretty confident that I did. What'd you say? I said everything ever all at once, and you said the Fablemans. I thought they were going to give it to Spielberg. Um, again, a, an Oscar director. I was like, this this makes sense. No, it was everything ever all at once. You got that. Um, so if someone finally takes the lead. Yeah. All right. Do, do we do documentary feature film? No, we didn't. All right. Documentary short film, we probably did not. I'll just tell you which one I have next. What do you have next? Film editing. Um, All right. I actually, I look at this and I think it could have gone both ways for us. I don't remember which one again, but uh, I said Top Gun Maverick and you said Elvis. We were both wrong. Um, It was everything, everywhere, all at once. Again, in hindsight, perfect sense. Yeah. That does make sense. I I don't know. I really like the editing from Top Gun Maverick, though. Dude, Top Gun Maverick. Like, the like the whole, like, the way that they're able to, like, slice the scenes with, like, the uh, the fighters and, like, the way that they can, like, cut those in and out. Um, I know you're going to absolutely uh, swoon over the scene where they play the Who. But, like, oh that is God, a great dude. scene. Like, the way that they, they edit that scene is great. I think that's, like... It's, it's so, like... If there's a scene, I've, I've, I know I've had this rant before. If there is a scene that makes you love going to the movie theaters, it is that training scene with the Who playing and the jets shooting across the sky and him getting, he's like, that's a kill. And they're like, no. And then they're doing push-ups. And oh my God, if that wasn't the reason for them to win film editing, no offense. I love it. I love everything at all. But that right there is like, that three-minute scene is like, I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, but I thought Elvis was going to win because that movie was like going a million miles an hour. I, I felt like I was watching a movie trailer for like two hours. It was going so fast in every direction. Did he get fat at the end of the movie? I'll be honest. I stopped like 50 minutes left. 
Um, so you never finished the movie. No, I didn't because I got I was getting I was like, okay, this I wasn't I was like, okay. I was Is sick it like I, three I, hours. Yeah, it's a really, really freaking long movie. And I was I was I also had personal problems with the whole like love story between Elvis and his wife. She wasn't that old. She was like fourteen. And he was my age and he's like, Hello, I love you. And I'm like, that's weird. That's just really weird and illegal and gross. You look um, good, King. <laughs> what's that from? Bill Burr. Where he's talking about how like Elvis was the first person to like rise to stardom with uh, television. I don't. I haven't seen that bit. It was in a uh, Paper Tiger, I think, and he was like talking about. He's like, everyone's like, "You look good, King." Oh yeah, you like that when my royal balls are hanging out? Because <laughs> he's like doing like the karate kick and everything the whole time. Oh yeah, that. Oh, that's right. I remember that. There's um, a whole bit about yeah. it. Um. Hey, Elvis is a silly character. Yeah, I pause? mean, yeah, I gotta run to the bathroom real quick. I gotta pee. <laughs> um, yeah, I can. Hello, welcome back. Um, so I think we're on international feature film <laughs> again. Yes, we are. I was gonna say, just let me tell you which one we're at. <laughs> Well, we probably both got it right. <laughs> um, I, we both said all quiet on the Western Front. Yes. Um, Not surprised. From what I hear, I haven't seen it. I think it yeah. might be the next movie that I'll watch that I go out of my way to choose to watch. Not that I have to watch for my job. We have such a rough yeah. job. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched any of the movies that we said we'd watch. So I have to get on that, too. <laughs> Well, no, I know, but, like, there's, like, movies that, like, I watch them to, like, talk about on the pod, and there's movies that I watch, like, leisurely, and, uh, I think this is one of those movies that I'll watch leisurely, and then, like, if I enjoy it, I'll be like, oh, we should talk about it on the pod or something, because that's usually how it goes, like, we try to, like, plan out movies that we should talk about, but then there are some that come out. Unfortunately, these next, like, three, four weeks are just absolutely swamped with, uh, content. Um, Yeah. Because we still want to talk about Creed. We still have to talk about John Wick. We, at Star Wars Celebration Weekend, is Super Mario Weekend, too. Crap. So we have a lot that is coming out uh, between now and April, like, 9th, 10th. And then mm-hmm. I think, like, once mid-April rolls around, that's probably when Mando's ending. Um, we have a bit of downtime. Yeah. But... Yes, All Quiet on the Western Front. I think, uh, wasn't RRR nominated? Yeah, I, for... International. Uh, no, it was not. Oh. <clears throat> I know that that's uh, another movie that people really, really loved from last year, which I don't, I know nothing about. Yeah. I don't so, know. I guess we'll have to see. Um, <clears throat> makeup and hairstyling. Who do who did both of us say? Elvis. We both said Elvis. Yes. Wow, well, we were both wrong. It was the whale. Um, I guess just of like Brendan Fraser's size, then yeah. Just making him obese. Yeah, I think that's about it that I can think of. Um, yeah, I'm surprised that the El- that Elvis didn't win this. 
Yeah, I feel like to like encapsulate like the forties and fifties again. Yeah, I don't know. Or the Batman. I mean, I Batman would have won. I don't think the Batman would have won for makeup and hairstyling. Dude, you can't even like recognize Colin Farrell. Like, I don't see Colin Farrell. I see Oswald Cobblepot. No, I agree, but that's like a character. I mean, I guess that's the same thing with the whale, but. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Um, original score. I think we were wrong with this one. Um, we said the Fablemans. I definitely said John Williams. Yeah, we said the Fablemans. It was not. It was all quiet on the Western Front. I think a lot of people are mad that uh, Babylon didn't win. Because I, I don't know if you've heard the final score from Babylon. I have. It is very good. It is very, very huh. good. I you haven't heard music from... I haven't heard any music from any of these movies besides Banshees and Everything Ever All Once. I'm only halfway through Banshees of Minishin and I just stopped. Oh, yeah, because I was watching it in an airport. Um, I don't know how you can get halfway through a movie and stop. You have to board your plane. That's That's how. Yeah, but then never coming back to it. Listen, man. I will. I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, good for them. But I'm surprised. You know, I'm surprised that John Williams didn't win because I feel like that was his last one. And has he? I mean, he's probably won an Oscar. He's done everything. He's. Do you think um, he's done like directing, composing? Dude, he's like 90. Oh, I thought you said Steven Spielberg for a minute. Oh, John oh. Williams. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's won for plenty though. I'm sure he won for Star Wars back in like the 70s. Yeah. Um, the next one is and, best original song, which I think. I think you got it wrong. I said Black Panther. And you said Top Gun. It was from RRR. Whoa! I didn't even know there was an original song in there. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Look at us. Well, we was completely missing out um yeah i'm surprised lady gaga didn't win man everybody loves that song dude lady gaga has had such a resurgence she has it was like cool to for people to hate on lady gaga back like late 2000s early 2010s but now everybody's like collectively like lady gaga rules yeah i listened to uh <clears throat> i listened to a lot of uh poker face sung by eric cartman though I'm not going to touch that. I'm not touching that it's one. It's funny. It's funny. He actually does sing it. I'm not touching that. Um, the next yeah. one is uh, Best Picture. We both knew. I think everybody knew everything ever all at once was going to win. Yeah. Um, I'd be amazed if it – I would have been shocked if it didn't win. Yeah, I would have been shocked too. Well, no, I would not have been shocked because there are a lot of other deserving movies on this list. Um. I, I hear Banshee's been a sheer. Oh, I hear Banshee's. I've seen it. It's a great movie. Um, you know, I'm just still shocked that Way of Avatar: The Way of Water got nominated. Yeah, I think they were nominating a lot of movies. But so speaking of Avatar, um, production design, we both said Avatar. Uh, it was All Quiet on the Western Front. Wow, I'm surprised. Uh, you know, now that I think about this, I, that does not surprise me. Because they're probably building all the trenches that they used in the movie. Like, that doesn't surprise me. Because, like, Avatar Way of Water was not shooting underwater. They were all off. Like, yeah, they were. They were filming underwater. Yeah, but, like, everything was visually affected in. 
Well, yeah, but they like they had to get the actors underwater to shoot the scenes that they needed to. Yeah. Um. Anyways, let's keep rolling here. I think this one we both got wrong as well. Um, for the best sound design, we said Top Gun. Oh, we both got it, dude. It's oh okay. I hey, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if All Quiet in the Western Front won. That's true. That's true. But like jet engines, bro. Come on. I know. I know. I know. Um, visual effects. I feel like I don't even need to guess. No, it's a, this is Avatar, the movie that took twenty years to release. Yeah, this is LeBron James um, right now. And then uh, we have two more adapted screenplay. Um, what did we both say? I said all quiet, and you said Glass Onion. It was women talking. Never seen it. Who directed it? I have no clue. Huh. We are literally like the layman fan tries to guess the Oscars. Like we fun. are not film I like it, actually. I think I think this is relatable for a lot of people. It's like, like a don't. March Madness bracket. Like, I'm going to be honest, 90% of the people creating a March Madness bracket probably don't know every single team that's playing. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know how good this team is. Yeah. Because I'm sure everyone's bracket is busted now. Actually, they're well, they ESPN released something saying that there's uh out of all the brackets that have been created, there's one left that remains perfect. And it is mine. Nice. No, there's no perfect brackets left. Because all the one seeds are losing. Yeah. Good. Chaos. Um, bracket busted. Yeah. Sarah lastly, Polly. She oh. directed it and she wrote it. Oh, interesting. Um, then last writing original screenplay. We both said everything everywhere. Yep. And we won. I think you beat me by one. I did. Wow. Wow. And that was uh, that came down to directing. Dude, I I really thought Steven Spielberg would have been a layup. No, I think uh, something fresh would have been a layup for it. Yeah, but then again, like, something fresh for supporting actress would have been Angela Bassett winning for an MCU <laughs> with an actually great performance. I think no offense it's... to Jamie Lee Curtis. Not like she's going to care if some two, two yo-yos with a tiny podcast care anything about her, but... yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm just... I know movies better than you. Yeah. That's how yeah, it goes. Yeah. Yuck it. To quote Dad, yuck it up. But, so yeah, that was the Oscars that were uh, last week. I'm, I'm looking through the John Wick tabs. I think it's so weird that the only one that has a title out of them is the third one. Well, I mean, the first one's the title. Well, it's just John Wick, but then the rest are like chapter two, and then it's chapter three, Parabellum, and then it's just chapter four. They're like, like, were you going to start naming these movies? Or? It's like, nah, they're just like, ah, I don't like that. That's dumb. They don't know what to name. Maybe they just forgot. They're like, oh, crap. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, oh, gosh. Well, we were positive for the first uh, 30 minutes of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Because um, now the back half of this podcast, we're going to talk about Mando. Oh, boy. 
Um, I you. Let's talk about the positives first. Let's talk about the positives this week from Mando. So Mando Dude. season three, episode three, the what was it called again? The convert. The convert. Yes. Or the co- yeah, it was the convert. I was gonna say the covert. It wasn't a covert up. The convert. <laughs> Dude, the visual effects have never looked better during the fighters. Oh my god, it is so cool. I love watching fighter scenes in They look really, really good. It oh my god, like this the like the water on the cockpit and like the N1 and the um I, I don't I don't know what the Mandalorian ship is called that Bo Katan flies, but Oh my god, it looks so good. And the TIE fighters, oh my god. Yeah, it is. It is very good. Um, I think that there's been like a big step up, honestly. It feels like there's a big change between this and Andor. Like Andor looks great and all, but like there were some like questionable shots in Andor. Like when uh, on Aldani, the Imperial uh, Star Destroyer is like flying over Aldani. And yeah, like, that looked a that, little... yeah. It, it, it was, yeah, kind of questionable, like you were going to say just now. Um, it didn't... I mean, it looked fine, but I definitely could have like spent like, maybe a couple more weeks in post. I was gonna. It looked like something you could do, like that. You know, like the uh, the action effects app on your phone where you can like superimpose something flying overhead. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Um. Where like but, people I mean, like are like, oh my god, there's star destroyers over Los Angeles. And... Yeah. Um. No, I mean like again, but it's and that's a very small gripe in Andor. Because everything yeah. else looks great. No, yeah, because I think we're really for us to complain about visual effects, like unless if it's like I don't know, like She Hulk, like Marvel type of like bad. I mean the the advancements that we've made with it, like when visual effects is at its best, like in Avatar two, for example, it's like you can't looking back at like the eighties and like seventies. <laughs> it's like I mean I'll take Marvel VFX over some like Dookie whatever they were trying to do with their vfx back then yeah but i do love like the miniature set designs that star wars use oh dude miniatures are awesome and it's... in um batman begins man batman yeah, begins has some they, miniatures when they're using the tumbler yeah and they also have it for um the league of shadows like oh the, uh, yeah that's a I, miniature it's it's amazing what you can do with like just like setting like things so tiny like framing the scale just right where it's like oh yeah this is actually really large oh it's like honey i shrunk raisha google (laughs) that's a good one not as funny as the klieg lars joke i think of i i think about that klieg lars joke on like a bi-weekly basis i yeah i don't know i that probably is one of my better jokes that i've made we know it's not klieg lars (laughs) I don't know how he died. Probably just of old age. Dude, that should be a Star Wars. Klieg Lars, a Star Wars story written by us. Oh, Christ, it'd be more interesting than Mando. Yeah, let's get back to Mando. Um, so Positives. I think... Positives. The VFX look great. Um, I don't know what... I mean, the sound design is cool, too. Um, yeah, it, lo- it looks great. Um, it sounds great. Grogu tried speaking this episode too. Yeah, that was where he I'm, like. I'm glad we're seeing some of that because they said this is the way, and you hear him like kind of gurgle. This is the like, way. 
Yeah. And they're like, both look at him like, oh, yeah, I'm nervous for when that kid starts to speak because of his voice doesn't sound. You right. You're going to use Frank it's... Oz again. Is he still alive? Yeah, Frank Oz is still alive. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. What are the odds I mean... that Frank Oz is dead right now? <laughs> Frank Oz. Yeah, he's still alive. He's, 70, he's 78. Whew, getting up there. Maybe they he's do. He's younger than Harrison Ford, probably. Dude, Harrison Ford. That guy's crashed planes, had doors fall on his legs. That guy's never going to die. No, he's not. Frank Oz voiced Miss Piggy. Yeah, and Grover. <laughs> and Fozzie Bear, and Cookie Monster, and Bert. Wow, look at that. But Oda. yes, the, I do think that the voice has to sound, I don't know, believable for him. Because it's a big thing when like the, he's the second of his species that we know of. Third, Third. will. Good Lord. Third. God, give the eyes well, okay, okay, for okay. all. <laughs> yeah, but Bryce Dallas Howard is the one voicing her. Yeah. Shout out Bryce. True. She, yeah, are... dude, Bryce Dallas Howard is like she knows. Yeah, she I think just... she kind of has like made like a big resurgence through the Mandalorian. I feel like. Yeah, no, it's people like I because I mean I bet I was I mean I didn't I didn't know at the time, but I wonder how many people like when she was announced as a director for the first season of Mandalorian, people were like nepotism. Her dad directed, and now she gets a job. Like she, Bryce Dallas Howard is boss man. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. Um, I am concerned about. Yes. Yeah, those are the positives the of the episode. <laughs> I am really concerned about the direction of the season right now because it has taken us way too long to get to where we're going. I don't know where we're going at this point. I, I genuinely don't know where we're going at this point. I know where we're going based on the last scene, but like the f- mm, let's. Okay. I do understand where it's going. I understand that it's like there's they're trying to set up like tension between Bo-Katan trying to rule Mandalore again and her obsession with it. But then it feels like they're also kind of teasing like a love story between her and Mando. I agree. I'm like, why do I feel like they, when they talk to each other, I'm like they're like like she's like, oh, Dan. I don't know. I'm like, this is what? It feels like there's like romantic, like sexual tension between the two for some reason. They're gonna, I agree. They're going to have sex with each other with their helmets on. Oh my God, Will. <laughs> I thought we were trying to keep this a PG podcast. It is. It is. It's fine. <laughs> Look, if you're telling me like you can have like, you can talk about those things in like Iron Man and like Marvel movies where they make. That's true male genitalia jokes i can say that nah, yeah you can that's fair yeah um i don't know if they i mean given how crazy their cult is maybe um <laughs> I, I don't know i don't i'm not gonna comment on that but um yeah I, it's so like the first 10 minutes of the episode it's it's good like it's it's cool like well it's up until a it's point. good it's good but the, again, like if we come back to the writing, it's like hammering you over the head. Like Din wakes up next to the water or wherever. Oh, wait, no, maybe the I saved your life thing was 
two episodes ago, right? No, no, it was this one. Yeah, Again, it was this one because he was she still said passed it, out. She said it twice now. I saved your – I feel like she said I saved your life to him twice now. And like he like wakes up, oh, she's like, I saved your life. It's like, again, no kidding you just saved his life. We all understand that. Like I think he could figure that out too. Yeah. I – it kind of feels like that episode of like and any episode of Tom and Jerry where like he hits Tom over the head with a, a wooden board and like the – goose egg of his head like yeah. starts raising up like i feel like that's just what's happening with it because like i don't know it just feels so clunky at points there was a line that she had as well when they're flying the when they're flying their ships outside of her castle and they're fighting the tie interceptors there's a line that she had when like they blew it up and she said i mean she was trying to say like you bastards or something but like it was like the star wars version of that and it didn't fit the scene that well in my opinion yeah um and i'm not trying like we're not trying to rip on katie sackoff like i think she's a great actress well, no but... i'm not ripping on i'm ripping on how her dialogue is written yeah i'm not you're yeah. given lines and you're the actor is supposed to interpret them and perform them how they see fit i'm not saying her delivery of the lines is bad and everything i'm just saying why does she need to say these things Speaking of why do these people need to say these things, we take a left turn after, like, somehow they, they escape, like, oh, all these TIE fighters show up out of nowhere. It was really cool, but, like, I'm like, okay, there's an armada of TIE interceptors that show up. There is, like, a squadron of bombers that show up and blow her Bo-Katan's castle sky high, and it's like... Where do these all come from? Like, oh, I pissed off an Imperial Warlord once or twice. It's like, lazy. No, 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 no. Where's a Star Destroyer? And like, who's that? And then they take off. It's like, they get out and there's no Star Destroyer. There's like, we don't know where these guys came from. I can tell you, I'm a nerd in Star Wars. There are not hype. There are no hyperdrive capabilities on any TIE fighter. Yeah. I Besides know, a TIE defender. They, once, once they went to hyperspace, I was like, I know that those TIE fighters can't follow them until the sequel trilogy. Because oh, that's yeah. when we see TIE fighters go to light speed. They, which makes sense. Because like, if I don't know, I feel like if TIE fighters had from the start of the Galactic Civil War up until the rise of Skywalker, you're telling me that they weren't able to implement some type of technology over that forty year time span of them going to light speed. Yeah, no, I think the TIE Defender that Thrawn was building in. I want to say in Rebels. Um, I want to say they have um, hyperspeed on those. Yes, but no, I, yeah, I mean, they destroy four TIE fighters, which again, like I, the scene where they're like fighting and with uh, the N1 and her ship and the TIE fighters, I kind of like yawned and was like doing other things at that point. Cause I was like, I have no concern that they're going to make it out of the scene. Fine. I like it. I like watching it. Um, when I'm watching these scenes, it bums me out that we're not getting the Rogue Squadron movie anymore. Um, but the thing that makes me bummed about the Rogue Squadron thing is the shot in uh, the Force Awakens where it's like the GoPro, like first person view, where you see like the X wings getting blown up from like outside on Starkiller Base. That is a great shot. That's why I'd want to see it. Um, yeah. But anyways, I digress. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I nope. thought it was kind of like just they destroy four Tie Fighters. Like, huh. Oh, we did it. And then like a hundred more show up and it's like, oh, here we go. 
Yeah, I know. And I was like, I saw I'm like, oh, cool. So we're going to see a giant. Like, I was expecting when they got out of the, like, we got to get out of here. I'm like, okay, so they're going to get out and they're going to see this giant Star Destroyer. And like, it's going to have the snake on the bottom, or like the, the, this thing on the bottom that Thrawn has. I'm like, we're going to see his Star Destroyer. Nothing. Like, well, we got to get out of here. They take off. And I'm like, I need, we need a little more explanation behind how all these guys showed up here. Yes, I would agree. But anyways, this is where I was, okay, this is where I was like, okay, whatever. I'm, I'm cool, like, whatever. Like, a little clunky writing at the beginning, but, like, cool cool fighter thing. Let's see what happens. We're going to take a left turn away from the Mandalorian. Well, they're like, I, they're at light speed now, so we'll just tell a different story while they're at light speed. Just because they're at light speed doesn't mean you have to. Okay, here's what I'll say. Because we end up back on Coruscant. When it first started for the first five minutes, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be interesting for a couple minutes. Not for 40 minutes. Dude, you had texted me. You're like, you're like, I really do not like this episode. You are not going to like it. And I was like, Will's probably being it. I'm like, Will might be being a hater. I went in. I was like, I'll like this. After the Mando stuff, like, okay, I still, I'm still with it. I, it's better than everything else I've seen so far. We hit the first five minutes. I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. Like, like Dr. Pershing talking about his cloning, like, oh, I'm a part of the amnesty program. Like, oh, this is really cool. Like to see the back working in the stuff we, but then that went on for the rest of the episode. Oh my God. It was just, they made these not even side characters, these background characters who like were filling in for noise in the empire in the first two seasons. All of a sudden, they're just main characters in the show now. And I'm, like, sitting here, like, I I had to look up what the girl's name was to figure out what her Imperial officer's name was. It was Elia. I didn't even know that. I was like, I don't know who you are. I Like, I know who you are. I know you were on Moff Gideon's ship in the last season. I don't know who you are, though. <laughs> Call me a casual. I didn't even know she was on Moff Gideon's ship until he talked. He's like, oh, I didn't rec- I didn't expect to see someone from Moff Gideon's ship on here. I was like, oh, I'm going to take this at face value and assume she was on the ship because I don't remember ever seeing her before. I remember her in the finale when they were trying to f- fly the Imperial shuttle into like the center of Gideon's ship, and she was like, request denied you have to get approval wait for the tie fighters to launch out that's who she was okay yeah yeah yeah. i recognized her from that but then like i wasn't sitting here like oh i know your name because in the end of season two amanda i'm like oh she's just an imperial officer nope she's a part of the amnesty program yeah i and like the whole and this amnesty program Holy Christ, I don't know who invented it, but man, they really fumbled the bag on that. I, like, there are so many cool concepts in it. Like, this episode could have been so great. The concepts that they had, they needed to shorten the middle, rewrite the dialogue everywhere, pretty much everywhere. Um, But, like, the concept, like, the amnesty program is so cool. It makes sense. It does. It's like, oh, I used to work for the Empire. I was forced to, but now I'm working for the New Republic to help them out. It's like, yes, okay, well, they're keeping you whatever because you're not allowed to do this because yada, yada, yada. You can't – sorry. No, before you start going too far, I will say it's cool to see the two polar opposites of it where in Bad Batch, 
you see the transition from the Republic to the Empire, and it's like, we don't want anything to do with it. We're starting brand new. Clone troopers wipe them out entirely. We don't care. We make the transition now from the Empire into the New Republic, and like, we're welcoming you in. We want to have you part a part of it. Now, granted, the way that they're doing it is backwards as possible. Like, it's yeah. the worst way that they could have gone about, like, creating this program. Yeah, for, like, the whole, like, oh, we love everybody. We care about everybody. You're going to assign people numbers instead of names, like, in the amnesty yeah. program? Like, this is your, like, oh, welcome back. We want to treat you as human, but also your name is L52. It's like, what? Until, like, yeah, like, they reach, like, a certain part in the amnesty program where, like, they're finally humanized again or something. Like, who's going to want to be a part of that? I, I don't know. It was. It it's was questionable. Kind of... But, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, he gave a cool TED talk at the Opera House. Like, there were things that we saw again that were cool. Like, seeing the Opera House again was really interesting. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. But I was like, sweet. Well, yeah, I got excited. But then I'm like, okay, it's just, like, face value. I mean, like, there's nothing more I can grab out of this besides, like, I saw this back in 2005 in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I I feel like the middle of this episode really wanted to be Andor. But it was like we, we we were having a phone call last night, and I was like, "This is like a night like Andor's like a nice Guinness beer," and this episode felt like I was like a light beer, and you're like, it felt like milk. It did. It was just boring. I don't know. Like everything that they did was just dull. Like it was really dull. His character, Doctor Pershing's character. I only really find him interesting, I guess, when he's like trying to do cloning stuff and trying to advance that. I don't really care about him getting his life together post Empire. I'm sorry. No, and like, there's cool stuff. Like, I like the mountain part of when, like, oh, this is used to be the tallest mountain on Coruscant. I'm like, oh wow, that's right. Like, Coruscant used to have like wildlife. Like, it used to have like nature and stuff. But like, it was just boring. Like nothing happened in like in the end. Oh my god! Let's because like just I don't know what to talk about in the middle of this besides like oh he stole her she stole him cookies to get him to trust her. Like so at the end of the uh, do you have anything you want to talk about in the middle because there's I don't have anything well, to talk about. There's the whole train scene. Oh my god! This is well. This is where I'm going because like she's like oh let's go get your lap because he wants to like start doing his cloning work again to help the new republic again, which makes sense. But like oh you can't do this. It's like I don't know why you're not utilizing him. Actually, wait, time out. There's one thing I want to say. I've got a lot of, uh, when he was talking with the droid at the end of each day and they're asking about the amnesty program, I felt like it was something from like a Blade Runner scene. I yeah, no, I felt I, like that I too, where they're like doing his baseline test. I feel like they're doing a baseline test for him, which, I mean, it was so easy for him to like just compartmentalize his feelings. And are you angry at someone? No. Yeah cells like, interlinked it's again it again so it feels like knock off blade runner 2049 no i'm just kidding not really it, it was no good though. no it was it's i mean i get what they're trying to do where they show like basically every form of centralized government that we've seen in star wars is just terrible yeah. yeah like it's just not the way that and i get that that's what they're doing like you see it in the republic i mean god i love the republic but the republic was flawed um you see it with the empire the empire I feel like you don't even need to explain. And now we're fleshing out the new Republic and you see how like there, there, there are issues with it. I'm going to be honest and look minus the generals and all the people that took it out of its context at its core. 
the CIS really was like the most true and foundational like government yeah. in Star Wars, which doesn't make sense when it's like the people that you're rooting against in the prequel trilogy. No, yeah, because like they're like we want like we're not being represented properly. It's li- it's literally America seceding from the United Kingdom. It's like we're not being represented properly. Like we want to have our own voices. Like you guys aren't acting in our best interests. Yeah. Like this is literally the Revolutionary War. I it's it, and people think, yeah, the CIS is bad because General Grievous, Count Dooku, Nuke Gunray, Wat Tambor. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get rid of those people though, and like the the core the worlds itself that are part of the CIS, they just want to be independent. They just want to be free. Yeah, they want to have like their own like representative body where they feel like they have like voices equality. that matter. Exactly. God, we're so great at analyzing Star Wars, Will. Well, so like I understand where it's like you're trying to like centralize an entire galaxy like into like one planet on Coruscant. It's like this is where everything is done. It's like, oh, Jesus. Well, if we can't even get anything done in our uh, legislative system, God, I can't imagine where you have like millions and millions of planets probably. Like we want this. Yeah. Good try, buddy. So do we. Um. But so that's the thing that like I enjoyed kind of seeing where it's like, I mean, I, I get that they're setting up the new Republic to be not as good as like it seems. So, and I understand that. But then my question is like, where is the resistance in the first order pulling into this again? Cause where are we going back to just like gung ho? Like which one is the centralized government then at this point in time? And which one is like the group of like, I hate to say it, but like terrorists because the rebel alliance were like the terrorists in the last one, basically. Well, this is okay. So this is like where I'm like, I like a as creatively, I'm like Disney, like, I don't know, like, oh, we do like you and I are like kind of anti more content where like more or less is more. You need to have like some type of show talking about the politics of the new Republic and like how Leia left the New Republic to start the resistance because she's like the first order is coming and we don't have anybody that's ready to fight them. In this, we're extrapolating a lot of the stuff we talked about. Like this episode doesn't like it's like all we see is like you can't start your lab again. You have to do this. That you're a number and you're going to talk to a droid. That's really all we're taking and like talking about centralized government. They don't really dive deep into this. It's like a lot of surface level. They, they scratch a lot of cool concepts, but yeah. they don't go any deeper in it. And then they dive into this other story. Can we get into this? Like the stuff that just was like, yeah, no, go ahead. So this um, captain, what's her face? Um, shuttle babe lady. Elio. Elio. I don't know what her name is. I'm going to call her lady from Ant-Man. Lady no, from Ant-Man. I know her name's Elliot, but I know her as Lady from Ant-Man. Lady from Ant-Man is like, well, let's get your lab back so you can start cloning. Again, good purpose, but like, it's just like, I don't know, whatever. So they're sneaking out of the the compound together and they're on the train and like, they're running away from like the security droids on the train because they don't have tickets. It's like, okay, this is classic Star Wars stuff right here. (laughs) This is where the writing is really, really bad. You hit the end of the train. Dr. Pershing looks at her. This is the end of the train. No kidding. This is the end of the train. I was so pissed that that was a line. I was so mad that that was a line of dialogue in the movie. Oh my God. It's like you couldn't have like, 
I mean, in the show. In the show, it's like what? It's like you, you said instead of looking here saying this is gonna change, you're like what are we gonna do? Like, okay, now we're here. Like, what's our plan? I yeah, I rolled my eyes so hard. I oh god, Again, he said it, and I, I, I knew once they started talking, and he said, I, I said if they make a comment about this being the end of the train, they did. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, dude. You gotta be kidding me. I, I don't know. It's just like. And again, like we talked about this, you talked about this at the beginning. There's no tension at any point. It's like, oh, they're coming, but like, I'm not nervous. I know that they're gonna make it out. Like, I don't. I had no concern that they were gonna be arrested. That whole scene. And you know what's crazy is like we don't know what happens to these characters. They could have been arrested or something. But like in Andor, where we knew the outcome, I we knew the outcome of casting Andor. I was still so nervous watching him do the Aldani. I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna get captured and they're gonna die. Like the Aldani heist was like the, one of the most tense scenes in all of Star Wars, and them escaping, like getting on the rail out of the train, like it reaches like its highest point when he gets crushed by the credits. I'm like, it can't. The stakes cannot get any higher than this. And like they still make their way up and out of the eye. And oh, with this. I'm like, holy crap. I mean, yeah, obviously they're amplified to 10 where it's like they're robbing the government and they're trying to get out of this like meteor shower. But I'm sitting here like, this couldn't be more boring right now. It's, I like, and I don't know, it blows my mind. But because Mando season one, if you want to compare, Mando season one did it better where the very first episode, um, he walks in and he sees Dr. Pershing, whoever the other guy was that was working with him originally. I don't know what that dude's name was. The client. Yeah, the client, I think, is whatever his name was. And uh, you see the four the four stormtroopers in there with Mando before he takes the bounty puck to go uh, capture Grogu. And he walks out, and they're all pulling their guns out and holding each other. Also, what happened to Mando's long sniper gun? Remember the one that he used to yeah. shock the? What happened to that? Is that just gone? I don't know. I was really that on the that ship one. when it got blown up? Was it on? It might have been. No, I, I want that gun back. I loved that thing. Yeah, that thing I was know. so cool because I loved seeing it on his back where he's like walking through in like a lot of the shots. Bless you. Because I'm looking at my poster that I have and I can see it on like his. I love it, but. Yeah, in know. that scene where like they pull out the guns and uh the client says to him he's like lower your blasters he's like tell them to first we have you four to one i like I those like odds those tensions in the scene feel very high like i still like i'm not like oh my god i'm so nervous what's gonna happen to him? but i still feel like the tension in the scene oh my god the whole time when they're going through the trainer when they're on the star destroyer trying to find the cloning tech i'm like i i have zero concern what's gonna happen to you characters and i think a factor of that is just me not caring about the characters as well is it the way it's shot too because like so they're on they get like whatever they get off the train they're run. i don't like i know we may seem like we're blowing over stuff but there's nothing he like there's nothing to talk about like it's it i don't know they get on the ship they're looking for like oh we're finding the mobile lab we got to find the mobile lab they find it like oh we hear noise someone's coming through that door the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, when's this door going to open and when are we going to keep moving? Because, like, I'm not, like, feeling like, oh, my God, someone's going to get them. Yeah. 
I I wasn't concerned at all the whole time. And then we find out Lady from Ant Man has now she was behind it the whole time, and she just she, wanted to get him arrested. Yeah, it's like okay, and now he's getting his mind wiped by crazy colors, and she's clearly still a bad guy, like working for Moff Gideon, because she like the guy's like, okay, well you don't have to stay here anymore. I'm gonna turn this on. It's gonna wipe his mind. Now I'm gonna leave the control panel where you can adjust the settings on someone who is getting their mind wiped with somebody who's not supposed to be here, and then she cranks it up. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised now if like his he's just complete mush for brain. I think he's dead. Like I think like he's essentially dead. She killed him. I yeah. I guess I'll wait to see for confirmation on it. I'm assuming that he's just like he's got rocks and brains now. Yeah, lights on. Nobody's home. Yeah, like I think he just has no brain function now, really. But like he's still alive. And this it kind of bums me out because like doctor doctor Pershing could have like they could have used him in so many different ways like instead of killing him or wasting 40 minutes of an episode following them around on this stupid runabout thing have him get captured and taken he's like oh my god no i'm back with the empire after talking about like i'm so happy i'm out of the m like doing this i was forced to do this and then he's like oh my god i'm like i'm captured back like and then you feel for him but like at no point am i feeling for him during this I just, I don't know. I didn't care for this episode at all. It's like one of the more, I I think it's one of the worst of the series because in part, I mean, it is called the Mandalorian for a reason. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like not like it has to exclusively have the Mandalorian in it, but I would rather watch boring episodes with Mando in it than boring episodes without Mando in it because then it just makes me aggravated that we're getting boring episodes without him. Yeah, it's like, okay, like, yeah, I don't know. but Because so I'd rather just, end. like, have more content with him. Because I think back to, like, season one where you get those dull episodes with the gunslinger and uh, where he's on the planet and those. I, the first Bryce Dallas Howard episode. Was that the first one that she did? Yeah, the one where she's in, they're in the village. I'm, like, 95% certain she. Yeah, like, those two are, like, and it's the first time we meet Cardoon, too. Yeah. So, like, um, I'd rather get those type of episodes over what we just got. Because <laughs> I'm going to uh, be honest, like, I'm thinking about this. I'm trying to think back to this. This really might be one of my least favorite episodes of the show. Yeah. No, I... And I think these three episodes of the season are some of my least favorite of this entire series. Yeah, man, it's... Uh... <laughs> like if i have to sit here and rank all the episodes i'm not going to be surprised if these three are in the bottom five yeah no they're they're down there um because then so we end our, okay we didn't really talk about it but yeah moff gideon definitely is not imprisoned he's escaped somehow again lazy lazy i was like oh he has escaped i'd rather watch that i'd rather watch how he escaped i would have rather this episode been like moff gideon honest like a freighter getting transported back and then watching him get broken out not watching lady from ant-man and dr pershing go to a a fair on coruscant like eating i don't 
Sorry. Snow cone ice cream. Yeah. I don't really feel scared from Moff Gideon's character though. Like we haven't like really seen him showcase his power much as like an Imperial officer. Um, like I'm not the really Mar- inti- I'm intimidated by him. I feel like they use, I feel like they use uh, John Carlo Esposito now just like as a bad figure. And they're like, Oh, remember him from breaking bad and remember how scary he was in that show. Well, he's kind of like that in these series. Cause like him and the boys, I still get like a similar feeling where like, I mean, yeah, like he talks to Homelander and he's able to, he's the only person who doesn't feel afraid when they talk with him. But again, like I want to see, I want to see him like do things that like make me frightened of him. I mean, when he first showed up in Mando episode eight or seven or eight, whatever he showed up, he was pretty terrifying. Well, he was cool, but I wasn't like genuinely like frightened of him really. Like he was piloting the TIE fighter in the end of the, in the end of season one, which was cool. And then he fought Mando in uh, the end of the season two. Yeah, but the only time I really, I genuinely was like, "Wow, this is this dude is him." It was in season two, episode three, where he tells him to like destroy the Imperial ship that they're on, and he's like, "Long live the Empire." Yeah, that was the only time I was like, "Oh, so this guy means business." I'm gonna be honest with you. When we were just talking about this, how instead of watching this, I would we would have rather seen Moff Gideon be broken out of prison. Okay, but then again, like here's the thing. So this is what this is my biggest complaint. We're three episodes in. All I feel like we're doing is checking boxes on like this is where this person is. This is where this person is. This is where this person is, and this is where this person is. Now we can start the story because the episode ends with Bo-Katan looking at the Mythosaur figure on the wall of the Mando or the Children of the Watch cult that she's now a part of she's like oh i can rule i can show these people that i've tamed the mythosaur and they will follow me like now we can start our story it's like it's taken us three episodes to explain all of the stuff we they did in book of oba but they didn't decide to tell us here it's just like come on bro yeah i don't know i it's i feel like for some reason though i mean bokatan was ripping on the children of the watch now she's seems like she's not going to take her helmet off for a while at least i think she's going to use them to get what she wants because she wants mandalorian she wants people to follow her and i don't think she cares who they are no i agree but it's i don't under there's so many things that they're setting up that i genuinely just don't understand what's going to happen like they're setting up the moff gideon storyline the coruscant uh like les storyline bo-katan ruling mandalore Still, the question of what's going to happen with the dark saber, Grogu. I mean, yeah, we have Grogu. You can make your way back over to the space pirates that Mando pissed off in the first episode. They're teasing a romantic storyline between Bo-Katan and Mando. I'm like, we have like six different plots that are like kind of hanging around loosely, loosely. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what to interpret right now. Yeah, this was the episode that was going to make me either really nervous, like really excited for the rest of the season or really nervous. And I am, I'm really nervous for the rest of the season because I don't know what our plan is right now. Yeah, I feel like if this next episode isn't, isn't that good, I'm like kind of over the season then. And I'm sure once, I'm sure once there'll be a great episode, I'll be like, I love this show. But like yeah. right now, I it's a weird run. I mean, three bad episodes of Mando in a row makes me nervous. 
this is unprecedented. We because we talked about like episode one or chapter one, great. Chapter two, great. Chapter three, better. So you at this it's the best. Three, yeah, it's the best. And it's like okay, chapter four, kind of a skid, not the best, not the worst. Chapter five. Five, five was the gunslinger that was pretty lame okay maybe yeah. there was like a little skid in the first season where there were three that weren't like bad but they weren't great we knew where it was going though because we knew that mando was like i'm gonna keep this kid and i'm gonna hold on to him and yeah. like he just tried to like hide in some village then for the rest of his life mm-hmm. but he was still getting people hunting him down yeah um yeah there was like a focused storyline um and then the last two episodes are great Season two, episode one. Chapter six was good too with Bill Burr. I do like it. Yeah, it was. It was good. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, Chapter one of, or whatever, chapter nine, whatever. Episode one, season two, good. Episode two, it's fun. It's a fun story. It's it's an intermediary episode, but you know where you're going. You know where you started and you know where you're going. Episode three, the one with Bo-Katan, great. One of the best. Yeah, as a Bryce Dallas Howard episode. Episode four, what was episode four? Where they're back uh, on Navarro for cloning. That's a solid episode. A solid episode. Episode five. Ahsoka. Great. Don't need, don't need to say anything else besides that. Episode six. Um, Best of the season. What was episode six? That's where Boba Fett comes back. Yeah, Boba Fett shows up. And then seven and eight, again, great episodes. They're like all like nine out of ten. Ten yeah. out of ten. And then you got, the, we'll talk Mando 2.5. You got Return of the Mandalorian and From the Desert Comes Stranger. Doesn't get better than 10 out of 10. And now here we are. I was, I'd give the first episode a four, second episode, maybe a five. This one. Yeah. I'd give the first one like a three. I'd give this next episode two, like a six maybe. And then, uh, this one's like another, like three for me. Yeah. This one's bad. Like I really just was not engaged. No, um, I was, I was, exp- I, uh, I, I don't know what's happening right now. Like, I'm not trying to sit here and complain like, oh, I, Mando needs to be humanized as a character from the start of the series to where he's at now. We've seen him change and we've seen him become more humanized and like more loving, which I totally understand. There is no story that's happening right now, though. There is nothing happening. There, I like, I get the whole retaking Mandalore thing. sorry here's what i'm gonna say well yeah retaking mandalore but again i'm with i'm with effing boba fett at this point where he's like mandalore you gotta be kidding me that piece of crap planet yeah where they talked about it last season where like bo katan was said something and boba fett's like mandalore you gotta be kidding me i'm like yes thank you mandalore why do we want to rule Mandalore? It's not like it gets blown up every significant trilogy. Like it's yeah. not like something bad happens every 20 years on that planet. Yeah. Like, it's... why do you want to rule it? There's nothing there that needs to be ruled. There's nothing there. I will say the mysticism of the Mandalorians kind of has not gone down. during. It's kind of gone down during this series because like you find out the Mandalorians are just like, People just like just like ran away. They're like, okay, we were great warriors, and then like, there's the Watch, who's a cult, and then everybody else just scattered around the galaxy because they don't know what to do because their planet's been blown sky high seven different times in thirty years. I, they were really cool in Chapter Three, the Sin of Season One. Like, they were really cool that episode. 
where like you see them like pull up and help mando get away from the imperials i was like this is the way this, this is, is back when this is the way was cool now it's just like okay. everyone says it i'm i'm tired of this is the way we sound like real haters right now i'm fi- you know what somebody has to i guess some there has to be someone who does it you can't satisfy star wars fans you're like conor mcgregor they need people like you the bad guy well okay so here's what i'll say and i'm i could not be more confident that this is what's going to happen the next episode which is going to make me be like damn this is a good episode they're gonna go into grogu's story they're gonna talk about him on the jedi temple yeah and then i'm gonna sit there and be like thank you something is finally happening worthwhile yeah because dave is directing it or writing it um carl weathers is directing our boy our boy carl we can't but i would be a bad carl weathers episode there's never been a bad carl weathers episode I don't know which episodes he's directed. I think he directed the one on Navarro the in last season. Oh, he's so he's directing himself. <laughs> exactly. I I wouldn't be surprised though if that's this next episode is where it's like Grogu's backstory because we still have to see that from the trailer and then I feel like at that point we've seen everything from the trailers. Yeah. Do you know Carl Weathers is seventy five? Yeah, I don't know what's up with Disney casting all these old actors. He looks great. He has had a lot of marriages. Looks don't equal your age. He played for the Oakland Raiders. Um. Anyway, sorry. Uh, he yeah, he directed the Siege. The Siege. Uh, which one is that? That is the. One. Is that the one from last season? Yeah, where he returns to Navarro. Hmm. I don't know, man. Hopefully, this next episode's great. It need this episode needs to hit. Yeah, I'm looking through the. Uh, I'm looking through the trailer right now just to see if there's something else that we haven't seen yet. It's the um, scene from Order sixty six, dude. No, I know, I know, but I'm looking to see if there's anything else right now. I'm looking at the official trailer. Yeah. Um. So please bear with me for a minute while I turn the playback speed up. Really yeah. fast. Oh yeah. Oh crap. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Everything from the trailer that we've seen has been through these first three episodes, from what it looks like. So. Oh wait, we get uh, what's his dude? We get what's his face back. The guy who's playing General Iroh. I have no yeah. idea who you're talking. The dude with the white beard, who's the expert. Oh, pilot. yeah, 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 yeah. He's I like him. General. He's playing General Iroh. He's in the season. I didn't know that. Sweet. Happy. But yes, I will not be surprised when this next episode. Oh, it looks like the Mandalorians go back to Navarro, too. Like I all bet. the Mandalorians go back to Navarro. It looks like there's an invasion that happens on Navarro. Gory and Shard will be in charge of that. I wouldn't be surprised if that might be this next episode either. Okay, so no, it's not going to be. Well, yeah, actually, no, you're right. Logically thinking, it's going to be Order sixty six. It'll be episode five where we see the Mandalorians going back to Navarro. Yeah, well, no, just because Dave. I think if there's anything that's going to happen during that time period, I think Dave's Dave's going to be the one who deals with it. 
Jedi stuff. If you see a Dave Filoni written or directed episode, there is going to be Jedi stuff involved with it. Yeah. I'm yeah. So now that we say that, I won't be surprised if that's what happens. And I, Christ, I hope it's a good episode. It's only <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes long, but you know what? I'm going to be honest. I am probably going to turn on Bad Batch before I turn on Mando. Dude, I'm hyped for the ending of Bad Batch. <laughs> I'm because pr- it's two episodes this week for the finale. Yep. I'm more than likely going to turn that on because I want to know how that series is going to end. We didn't even know if it's going to end. Or the season, at least. I hope the show yeah, doesn't true. end. Because when the show's oh, at its best, it... it's like miles better than Mando right now. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Mayday. Anyways. Um, do you have we anything talked like else? an hour and a half now. Yeah, we talked for a long time. But yeah. yeah, that's uh that's this week's Legionnaire. We will get back to you guys soon here with a Last of Us review. We got Last of Us, we got Bad Batch oh, yeah. series season season two review. Yeah. We'll have a Mando review, we got a Creed three, we got a John Wick four. Going through what's coming out actually this next month, we can because we need to chat and I'd rather pressure you on air. Um, we got Bad Batch season two coming out. We got a Last of Us coming out. Hoping to get through Creed three. Hoping to get through John Wick four. Then we have a bit of downtime. We were hoping to get some predictions in for what's going to happen at Celebration, which is on April seventh, eighth, and ninth. Um, we got Super Mario that's coming out during that time frame. We get about a week or two off. Jedi Survivor comes out then crap i still I don't know what your PS5. plan is for that i still gotta get a ps5 well if you don't want to you don't have to but i'm definitely gonna end up buying the game the thing that sucks is i think jedi survivor comes out the 28th day after my birthday Happy um birthday. thank you <laughs> my concern is though so that's also my official last date at my current job um do you really want to be saying all this on air yeah i'm fine i'm fine with it yeah it's it's official. Like I've already confirmed it with my oh, okay. manager. So they don't. They're not finding out about this. Like LeBron going to Miami. No, this is the I've, decision right now. I've, we've had the conversation. It's officially my last date at my job. So the twenty eighth is the last day. So like it couldn't be a better time. Except I have two finals on that next week on May first and May second. Here's a deal. One on the first and one on the second. But I mean, really? Okay. One of them is a stats one that I need to study for, and that's the first one on May 1st. The next one on May 2nd is one for a gen ed bio course. I can tell you right now, I'm going to study for probably like an hour max. <laughs> I will be honest with you. I have my schedule is very limited right now. Um, it's always been on the weekends. I, I might have to. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I still have to buy a PS5. But yeah, so then that's the 28th where. Jedi Survivor comes out. I if I am lucky, I am hoping to beat the game by May second. So that gives me that gives me three four days to beat the game. You are gonna play all? Oh my god! I will not be able to do that. Um, what else? Are you dude, gonna I'm do? not gonna be able to crank that out. You do you realize how much time that takes? 
Yeah, I know. But like for me, not getting the story spoiled, I am going to try to crank it out because I'm not going to have a job, Cal. I have two finals coming up. Yeah, I forget. You're going to be like that one unemployed guy all summer. <laughs> well, well, unless I find a job. Well, I would like to actually work at the airport uh, in town. Work at the you want to fill like fuel planes? Or like load bags on the plane. I think that'd be so much fun. Dude, you're starting to sound like me right now. I actually almost did that. Did I tell you about that? No. I I almost applied for a job there. I know some guys who work at the airport in Madison. Um, oh, I'm talking about the one in Lacrosse. No, I know, but like, I, yeah, I I almost applied to be a line tech at. I think it'd be so much fun. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. Like, um, I think it, honestly, I think it'd be a blast to like work at like four in the morning and just like load bags on the planes again. Will. You have not worked outside besides sitting at a, on a lifeguard chair in a while. As someone who did that for four years, it's going to get really old really fast. Oh, no, I'm sure it will. But like the, when it's like hot month, and you are wearing I'm giant, well aware. big clothing. I'm well aware. I don't aware. think you are aware. I don't Cal, think no, I am aware. aware. I'm saying that like the first month of it's going to be fun. Then like it's going to be like any other job where I hate it. I'm well aware of the consequences of it. <laughs> Anyways, moving Please. forward, oh, bro, shut up. I'm going to lose my mind right now. <laughs> you know, uh, Carl Weathers was a pinky malinky. So that's the 28th, though. And then literally a week later is May 4th. The best holiday of the year. So I'm sure that there's going to be something on May 4th that we're going to have to talk about. Yeah, our two-year anniversary. That's true. But then also sometime in April... We have Star Wars Vision Season 2 coming out. Oh, that's right. So we have, like, a swamped next month and a half. That's true, we do. What are you furiously typing in now? Star Wars Vision Season 2. Oh, Oh, it says premieres May 4th. Oh, how about that? So there we go. I imagine that's the only day. I I imagine they're going to drop all the episodes on the same day. Bruce, um, fancy that. Oh, yeah, because they did announce the studios that were animating it. But, yeah, so. All right, we're going to have to wrap this up here. But, yeah, we will. Uh, oh, I'm so sorry, but they announced the titles of the episodes. They have one called titled Sith. All right, cool. All right, I'm, I'm watching Visions, I guess. All right, we can talk about these episodes at a later date, but we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.